Today we wrap up the series uh, that I began called The Great Exchange, and today the title is this, Your Tears for His Joy. I believe that the exchanges that we've talked about have been very helpful. I was moved uh, in a very special way, emotionally and spiritually, last Sunday in our service. Some people may blame people like us for leaning on our emotions, but I'm telling you, if you want to cry, cry. (laughs) If you want to laugh, laugh. If the Lord touches you, you can respond to that. And so last week, we had prayers for physical healing. We've been praying for Ann Peden. Where are you? We're so glad. Look, Sam and Ann are back. Um, Ann is recuperating well from what I hear, and I don't think she's barked at a doctor or anything like that. She's been on her best behavior. Uh, She's had a, a, a good experience after that accident, and so we're so thankful that they're here today. But I say that to say... We can experience an exchange. Last week we prayed for prayers of healing, for physical healing, but also for emotional wounds and emotional hurts. Today as we talk about your tears for his joy, understanding that there are physical tears that come from physical pain. You stub your toe, you might have to apologize to the Lord in prayer later. But you also might shed a tear, right? Um... Uh, babies cry because they're physically hungry or they're aggravated and they haven't really mastered speech yet. So they don't know what to do and they just scream and cry. We're not talking about that type of thing today. We're talking about the soulish or the spiritual aspect of the things that bring us sorrow, the things that bring us grief, and the hope that we can exchange those things for the joy that God offers, which is a supernatural joy. Amen? Um, Tears are mentioned many times in Scripture. And interestingly enough, most of those scenarios are men. So don't give me that line, real men don't cry. You should read the Bible. It's okay. Okay, I'm telling you men, it's okay to cry. I actually found myself bawling my eyes out recently, and don't ask me why, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you privately, but it's just, a character died in the show, and I, I was really close to him, and I, you know, I just, ah, it tears your heart out, you know? Uh, sometimes that happens, okay? But listen, King David declares this in Psalm chapter 6, his, okay, if you thought your pastor was dramatic, King David said, my bed is swimming in tears, Okay, That was pretty dramatic for him to say. Night after night, I plead with the Lord to deliver me from my enemies. And I cry and I ask and I ask and I ask. The Bible tells us that Job, after suffering loss after loss after loss, it says in Job chapter 16 that his face is red from nonstop weeping. The sons of Korah wrote a song that include this line in Psalm 42. My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? There's a moment in the midst of their praise, in the midst of their singing in Psalm 42 that they say there are those who are looking at those who believe 
and they see the things that are going on in their life and they see the tragedies and the hurts and all of those things and they're saying themselves to those people, where is your God? Adding more grief to the sorrow they're already enduring. Many other instances of tears, tears accompanied with prayer, tears of sorrow, tears of joy, of course, tears of betrayal. The Bible tells us there are tears of delayed answers to prayer. The barren woman cries and asks God, why, why, why? And then the Lord miraculously opens her womb. In fact, the Bible says this, that Jesus himself is recorded as crying three times. Although I'm certain, according to Hebrews, he cried many times. If you have a a mamby-pamby Jesus in view, just because he shed a tear, you are dead wrong. Because he was macho. He was a carpenter. He was, he was a, a rough and tough-looking guy, I'm sure, just fit in with everybody else. And yet he cried. The Bible says that he cried three different times. Specifically, it tells us that he cried because Lazarus, his friend, had died. When Mary and Martha began to talk to him, letting him know of the news, the Bible says that he wept. The Bible says that during the triumphant entry, people are throwing palm branches and coats down, accepting him as their coming king, and he's coming into Jerusalem. The Bible says in the very same passage that Jesus wept over the city because he wept over the people from Israel, the people of Israel, because it says this, They did not recognize the hour of their visitation. They didn't realize that Jesus was who he said he was. And that God was born on earth for men no more to die. And then Jesus cried on the night that he was betrayed. Not because he was crying and And being like, oh, I can't believe Judas did this to me. Although I'm sure he was sad as a human, anyone would be sad when they're betrayed. But Jesus is praying in the garden on the Mount of Olives. And it says that he wept. The Bible says in Hebrews later, in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7, it says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. To him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Loud cries and tears. You wonder why Jesus was found roaming around trying to find a quiet place without a crowd. Because he needed time to pray, to speak to the Father, to empty his heart, his soul, and to let go of those tears. We're assured of this in scripture throughout every story that our creator sees our tears. We serve a God who hears our prayer, who answers prayer, who sees our situations, our circumstances, our hardship. He sees the tears that we cry. There may be people here today and you've been praying for something and you're still waiting for the answer to it. And there have been tears that you've shed but I believe that we can exchange those tears for his joy. The Bible says that God sees his people's anguish, his, their distress, 
their sorrow. He sees all of those things. In fact, we're given a glimpse of a future moment when he will wipe away every tear, the Bible says, from every eye of those who belong to him. There'll be no more sadness or sorrow or sickness or death. Amen? But in the meantime, here on earth, we've got to figure out how to exchange our tears for joy, how to replace our sorrow for his joy. A song of King David in Psalm 30 verse 11 says this, you've turned for me my mourning into dancing and you've loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Now you know that I always try to explain the word of God to make sure that it's easy to understand. We don't use the word sackcloth in our everyday language. It's only found in the Bible and antique um, writings, writings from antiquity. It would be the clothes that a mourner put on. And what I imagine, based on what I've read, it looks like what my grandma would call a croaker sack. Okay? <laughs> it looks like a burlap sack. Okay? It just, it, it's meant for you to just look your worst. Okay? If you put on your best dress for your wedding day, you put on your worst dress, your worst outfit, on the day that you're mourning. And David, King David says, you've turned for me my mourning into dancing and you've taken off those mourning clothes that I was crying in and you've wrapped me up with joy and with gladness. Amen. We hear a promise that's prophesied in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 13. God says, I will turn their mourning into joy and I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. So if you came in today feeling sorrowful, feeling grieved over something that's going on in your life, feeling hurt and anguished or in despair, I truly believe that regardless of our circumstance, we can turn to the face of our creator and expect to receive joy in return. Another promise is prophesied about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 61. And it says in verse 1, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Verse 3 continues to say, To grant those who mourn in Zion beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, it says, so that they can be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. God's name is on you. His name is at stake with the hardship that you face. And he's got an investment in you. Have joy. Because you know that he's looking. He's watching. He's with you. He walks with you. He hears you. He sees you. It's the beautiful news of the birth of our Savior. That we would hear songs of joy and shouts of praise from the hillsides with the shepherds to the, to the wise men seeking a king. All of those finding this joy that was unspeakable. Amen? Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping will last for the night. 
for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. In other words, there are seasons. So yes, you may be sad now. You may be grieving now. And it hurts really bad now. But I'm telling you, that season will pass if you continue to tarry and wait on the Lord. Because He always shows up. And when He shows up, it's a joyful celebration. Amen? It's always, always joyful. Psalm 126 verse 5 says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. It's talking about the person who is going out with seed to sow and he is going out crying. Maybe the patterns of the weather have messed things up. Maybe he has disbelief that the crops will come in as as they should. But it says that those who sow in tears will reap in joy and surely he'll come back with a harvest. God will do the work he said he's going to do in your life. Amen? And this is a reason for us to have hope. There are three ways that I think we can exchange our tears for his joy. And the first way is this. It's in prayer. Prayer is communication with God. Amen? Can I get an amen? And it's not just you having a conversation to God, about God, about why you're mad at Him, about what you need from Him, about what He's needing to do for you. It's also about you listening and being in His presence to have a conversation. People think that that's weird or strange that God still speaks, but He does even today. He speaks When we're in his presence and we learn to hear his voice, we open up ourselves to hearing from him. The Bible says this, that in his presence there's fullness of joy and there is peace forevermore. So if you need peace, if you need joy, it can be found in his presence, not in another purchase. Can I get a mmm? Not in any other thing, not in a person, not in a new relationship, not in a new job, not in any other thing. But joy and peace can be found in the presence of him, our creator. Philippians chapter 4 says this, and we've spoke about it recently in our series and the series before this. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice Paul gives these instructions to the church saying, you've got to choose joy. And then he continues in verse 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything pray. In every situation, in every hardship, pray and have thanksgiving and let your requests be made known to God. And he says in verse 7, and the peace of God that will surpass, it will completely blow your mind and it's unexplainable that's what he's saying that peace the peace of god will guard your heart and your mind in christ jesus so we can exchange our tears for joy in prayer the second way we can do it is with the help of the holy spirit this is very very important And I think a lot of believers are missing out on the benefit and the blessing that is the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is still available today. 
It was not just for 12 select men or 60 or 90 or 120 or the 3,000 that were added that day to the church. It wasn't just for them. It is available to you even today because when Jesus left the earth, he said, it's good that I go away because if I didn't, you wouldn't have an everlasting helper to come be with you. Because he was stuck in a physical body and he was saying, I've got to go. And when I go, I'm sending and the Father is sending the Holy Spirit who will be with you and in you. Amen. He's our comforter. Listen to me. If you've got tears and you need comfort, you need the Holy Spirit to help you. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a secondary experience, we believe, according to Scripture, Outside of salvation, and I believe a a good many believers are missing out on the blessing that is the Holy Spirit. So please seek the Holy Spirit's help. Ask Jesus for the Holy Spirit. Joy is also a fruit of the Spirit, amen? And it blossoms in a heart, in a spirit, and in a life that is fully submitted to God and asking for His help. For the help of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 16. If you want more information about the Holy Spirit. We do an annual series about the Holy Spirit. Which is really helpful and super uh, fundamental I think for all of us. But go home today and read John 14, 15 and 16. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus says in John 16, 6. He says, but because I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. So he's telling them, he's gearing them up for his departure. And he's been talking to them about the Holy Spirit coming as a comforter and help. And he says, now I've made you sad because I've told you that I'm leaving you. And then he says this in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. To this day, and I'll never tire of saying it. You may tire of me, of you hearing it or me saying it. But it is this. I have looked and searched the scriptures from the first page until the last. And I have yet to find the expiration date for the Holy Spirit. He still is available today. And you need him. When we're grieving, when we're walking through hardship, we need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And the third and final way that we can exchange our tears for joy might surprise you. It's with the help of the family of God. There is something that's special. I want to tell you, there is something supernatural about the joining together of the saints to worship God to be in his presence, to sing songs, to obey scripture, to give, to serve in the church, to serve in the... There is something amazing and unique about unity in the family of God that lifts your spirit out of the pit. I've heard a handful of people in my life who said, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian, though. You know, my granny, she's a Christian. She don't go to church. Is she able-bodied? 
Does she have a TV or a computer? <laughs> That's my question, right? Can, can, you get the, can you get somehow the fellowship of the saints? You've got to understand you need the body of Christ. And that is one of the significant ways that we can exchange our tears and receive joy because of the community of others who love God and love you. It'll help you through. Because you need shoulders to lean on. You need shoulders to cry on. You need shoulders to war with you. To go into battle with you in prayer. To support you. You need someone to love you fiercely. To offer correction and support. And that happens here. In the body of Christ. In the family of God. Amen. Romans chapter 12. The apostle Paul tells us some marks of the believer are this, he says in verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. In other words, support one another. That's the mark of a true believer. One of the marks of a true believer. For Christians, all suffering has an expiration date that may not help you in the midst of your hurting right now. But I encourage you, I implore you, I beg you to receive that word from God that joy comes in the morning. Just as soon and swift as grief and sorrow comes, joy can be replaced just like that. When we take these steps like being in prayer and communion with God, when we take the step of seeking the comfort and the help of the Holy Spirit, when we take the step of engaging in the family of God, even if it's challenging and difficult and all of the different nuances that go in, if we push through, I'm telling you, I believe you'll find joy being replaced for your sorrow. Amen. Amen. Revelation 21 says this, and I'll read it as the worship team comes to join me for the close of the service. Revelation 21 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is now with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Listen to me, church. There is coming a day when we will live in the promise fulfilled eternally. That God has been speaking from eternity past beyond us saying, I will have a people. They will be my people and I will be their God. And now here thousands of years from that moment it first was spoken. Now John is seeing the revelation of Jesus Christ and he hears a loud voice in the, from the throne saying, behold, God is now fully dwelling with his people. That's something to celebrate. It says in verse 4, He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no mourning, no pain. And then you hear the voice say this, Behold, I am making all things new. There is restoration and reconciliation. There is recreation when we come to Christ, when we come to Jesus and ask him for help with the things that we're grieving and mourning over would you stand with me today I say to you today like the angel said to the shepherds so long ago 
I bring you good tidings of great joy. And that joy is available to us, each and every one of us today. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me? As we celebrate the Savior being born, we know that the long-awaited King arrived that day. That He was born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. Born so that we could experience eternal life. He was born so that we could accept His invitation. Lord, I pray for Celebrate Church. I pray for each one of us, each of our families that are represented here, even the families that are extended from us that don't attend here. God, I pray that you would help us to put this message to practice and to exchange our tears, our sorrow, our grief, exchange it for your joy. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak encouragement and light and life into those who are here today who are hurting. God, let them know that you see their tears, that you've heard their prayer, that the answer is on the way, that you know their fears and their longing for you. God, today, would you do something special for those who need it and exchange our grief for joy. Oh, come, all you unfaithful, come, weak and unstable, come, know you are not alone. Oh, come, caring and waiting ones, weary of praying, come, see what you got.